Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Good morning, dear listeners. You're listening to Radio 3CR on 855 AM in Palestine. Remembered with Yusuf Arimawi, Nasir Mashni, and Robert Martin. Thank you for tuning into another edition of Australia's only radio program that is totally dedicated to the Palestinian cause in English language. I'd like to welcome our listeners on the AM dial and those who will join us later on 3cr.org.au forward slash podcasts. Good morning, gentlemen. Morning, Yusuf. Morning, Robert. Welcome back. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Good to be back. Look who's here, Roberto. Goodish to be back because I really enjoyed it and was disappointed to leave. You so. look younger. Because the beard's gone and the hair's and much shorter. And also you have a very nice haircut. You, you, we should you, talk about my haircut. Uh, yeah. Robert and Nasser, today we have our uh, friend and uh, guest uh, is the topic of the show, Robert and his journey to Palestine. But before that, I think we have a few um, um, items. Housekeeping items, yeah. yeah. Should yes. we, firstly, so we, we should talk about... our uh, event on Wednesday. On Wednesday night, yeah, Palestine National Day. Uh, we raised the flag again at Federation Square, Yusuf, as we did last year. Um, and we were in centre stage this Fantastic year as opposed event. to, yeah, the, the footpath. And we had over 500 people there um, on Wednesday night. Um, and, you know, great speeches by the ambassador, Ezra Abdel Hadi, Ludi Wiggins, you know, uh, uh, an Olympic athlete, a Commonwealth Games athlete, a Palestinian who was uh, born in Haifa and now in Australia, as well as Meher Maghribi, uh, you know, from the Age and the Sydney Morning Herald. So, some great speeches, and we had kids dubcare. One of the one of my highlights, uh, Yusuf, was the uh, kids from Casey friends Casey Friends of Palestine um, that you trained. Uh, 14 under 10 year olds and uh, if you met these kids you'd understand the power of work that Yusuf and the mums must have gone through to get them all on stage that's true and I want to say to the parents and the kids uh, for uh, congratulations for all the great work they put Uh, that was amazing to see them perform after maybe more than 12 sessions of (laughs) very uh, tiring uh, rehearsals so it was really great uh, to see them perform and to see the other speeches and to see music, yeah. I, th- I thought it was one of the greatest uh, events we had. What did you think of the MC? I think he did a quite a good job. Well, too. we'll talk about that. But no, he he did a good job. Nasser was the MC. Just in case <laughs> if anyone's wondering. It, well, look, <laughs> if we criticize Nasser, we have to come up with something even yeah, better yeah. than this, and that's not easy. Well, <laughs> a good MC c- gets the job done without anybody noticing he's there. But you know. It's tough when you're as special as I am. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I didn't notice you were there. No, no, so it was a great event and we're looking forward hopefully to to next year, but particularly good was was just how well the community came together, you know, um, um, all the the different uh, solidarity groups all got together, fund rose together to to pull the event off, which was fantastic. Mm. So uh, there is also the run for Palestine. Yeah, yeah, so tomorrow morning, uh, the run for Palestine's at Tom's Block at the TAN uh, in the Botanical Garden, so it's not too late to come on down, but you'll need to bring cash with you tomorrow. Uh, registrations are from 10 a.m. 
for the Run for Palestine at the TAN at the Botanical Gardens. Details at runforpalestine.com.au. Now, you need not run. You can walk. We have uh, a couple of people that will be doing it in a wheelchair as well. So um, you need not uh, run one or two laps. You can walk, bring your, your your family. We've got pony rides, face painting. We've got some singing and dancing in Dubka. So There's, frequently asked questions, should we register before we come or we can just turn up on the day? It, it's Saturday morning. Yusuf. The reality is that registrations online are closed. Mm-hmm. So you can come along. Um, it's $35 per person. Mm-hmm. You get a T-shirt and um, all that money goes to the Palestinian Red Crescent Association in Gaza. Um, so come along. Uh, 100% of that money ends up in, in Gaza. So we'd it's love to event. see you and, and support uh, Palestinian aspirations for freedom and self-determination. So coming up next uh, is um, a discussion and uh, debrief debrief of uh, our friend's uh, journey to Palestine. We will be back shortly. Stay with us. you're back where do we start well you know it's a difficult one because um look the first time i went i thought i knew it all this this time it was a it's a completely different eye-opening shocking experience Mm -hmm. i think the the number one thing that we should talk about is just how magnificent the palestinian people are because i'm somebody that wanders so i don't tend to go with groups i wander Mm. and so you're a, a bedouin Basically a better yeah. one, yeah. yeah. Um, and I, I wasn't always wearing a kefir, so I could have been a Jewish guy, I could have been, you know, a Swedish person, and I was always welcomed everywhere. You know, they look at you and they ask where you're from, mm. and you say Australian. Oh, welcome, welcome. Mm. You know, what do you think of Palestine? The most welcoming of people, and from the surface, if you didn't know that they were occupied, uh, I mean, from the surface, you don't know that they're occupied when they're first talking to you. Mm. But then as you, you know, you ask questions and you start... to them. It's, it's like a stacking on your shoulders. Um, mm, a burden. It is because, I, look, I, I had some people, many people say, you know, why do you do it? And, you know, when you're talking to these people and they're opening up to you, and they could be your best friends, your cousins, your uncles, your aunts, and the most inno- innocent of conversation turns into a horrific story of mm. how somebody's been taken, somebody's been killed... Housing has been removed, freedom of uh, movement. The, the simple thing like I was going from Jerusalem to Bethlehem and then spend some time in Bethlehem and, you know, you make some you know, pretty good friends and then I'm going to go back to Jerusalem. You know, and I say, you know, why don't you come with me? You know, stupid thing to say. But, you know, anywhere else in the world, they should be able About to four come. kilometres should be an easy drive, but not for a Palestinian of the West Bank who's been cut off. Bethlehem's been cut off from Jerusalem by the apartheid wall. The four-kilometre drive that takes... Robert, because he's Anglo-Saxon in an Israeli number-plated car, four minutes, but to a Palestinian <laughs> West Bank ID, A, that's illegal, but B, even if they had the right permit, would still have to go to the checkpoints or whatever, would take up to two hours, could take a whole day, could get mm. to the checkpoint and find out arbitrarily that a 19-year-old um, uh, conscript decides your pass doesn't work today. And it happens a lot. Yeah. Uh, you know, so, so those conversations... Um, but, you know, wandering around Jerusalem and sitting there watching, you see the beauty and then you see the very ugly side. 
Mm. You're all sitting at the Damascus gates for a while and you mm. watch, you know, and you know that the Palestinian kids, they try not to speak Arabic as they're walking past. But, you know, it doesn't matter most of the time because, you know, you get the click of the fingers and they've got a new way they do it now where mm. one of the soldiers stands three metres back with his finger on the trigger because. as part of an intimidation. Uh, and so, so those, those sort of things was very eye-opening and shocking Robert, to me. Robert, you touched on an important point because Israel is telling the world that if you want to go to the West Bank, uh, you have to travel at your own risk, meaning that they're giving the indication that it's not a safe place and the Palestinians might be hostile towards non-Palestinians, especially, well, let, let's especially make, European-looking let, uh, let this tourists. Ma- let's make this abundantly clear. Yeah. That's a propaganda tool that they continually use, not only for the world but internally to their own people. Mm. They want to demonise the entire Palestinian population, and it's incorrect. It's wrong. Mm-mm. And I've, I walked around all of these areas with Jewish people. They and, looked Jewish. And, and it should be, we should, uh, for our listeners who aren't friends of Robert Martin on Facebook, who haven't had the benefit of seeing your videos, the reality is not only did you walk in these areas, and these are, you know, Palestinian areas that are illegally occupied by um, the, the most uh, feverish of uh, messa- messianic Zionists. Not only did you walk in those areas safely, and here you are back, you know, healthily, etc., but you walked there in a free Palestine T-shirt, in a BDS T-shirt, in a kafir, and you were provocative, and you were filming them, and you were challenging soldiers, and, I mean... Everything that the um, government, what the DFAT would say, don't do, you did and beyond and didn't get shot. So the average Australian can travel with comfort knowing that they can visit Palestine, meet Palestinians, uh, bask in the warmth of our hospitality, our food, our culture, our music, and, and our holy places. Our holy places, and feel. What you felt, Robert, which is, you know, an unabridged uh, love for the people, you know, um, safely. Hmm. And we'd encourage our listeners to get on a plane and go to Palestine. Well, they actually should. And I was going to bring that up towards the end, because if if people are going to go on a holiday, go to Palestine. Don't go anywhere else because you'll come back a different person. So if you've got money, go to Palestine. If you're reasonable... Well, you don't need a lot of money. I mean, the place is cheap you just got well, it's actually very cheap if you're going to go to europe you're flying over palestine don't go to europe paris doesn't need you palestine does it does so if you've got some money, <laughs> go, money. Go, go to palestine and look I, I get a lot of people ask me that uh, you know will i get in well the simple fact is I'm, i've been pretty um vocal pretty vocal and i got in simply i go through allenby bridge they're not as sophisticated just while we're talking about this i also go with a fake itinerary and as soon as they ask me questions, you know, where are you going? I say, I'm going to Israel. And then I actually hand them my itinerary that's all pro-Israel. Now, the fact that we have to do this should show people how absurd Israel is. I don't want to go to Israel. I want to go to Palestine. But Israel determines who goes in and who goes out. Robert, um let me share a small story. I received a message from one of my friends in Saudi Arabia, Palestinian friend working in Saudi Arabia, sending me a video and telling me, is this your friend? Uh, your video has made it somehow to the community, Palestinian community of the Gulf and, and including Saudi Arabia. And they were started sharing uh, mm. some of the videos you made. And... Um, of course, I uh, want to maybe say congratulations for the courage 
you took because it was pretty confronting and like Nasser said, challenging. Uh, but also I want to know the inside story of one of these videos if or one okay. or two. Which one? Maybe the one when you spoke to the settlers in Hebron. Okay, so so for people that don't because it know, went viral. I understand more than two million uh, views. Yeah, so it, it did. Well, in fact, on my own personal page, it got deleted, but it got on other pages worldwide. Uh, and one WhatsApp, of the news, yeah. yeah so it, it did. Th- this was a stage where Hebron, there's two hundred thirty thousand uh, Palestinians, and there's four hundred to six hundred settlers. There are also these settlers are illegally there, but they also then have the army plus security around them. I was walking through doing a tour with Issa Amro, who was a, you know, he has met uh, Bernie Sanders. He's had 30-odd um, American politicians sign to have him have these court cases stopped. So he's a, you know, a pretty big deal. As we were walking around there, he's not allowed to go much further. He's told, you can't go, but I can. And I thought, this is really blatant racism. So I kept going and I walked further over. I went to a bus stop where these uh, kids were getting on a bus, American accent, American accent, and I asked what they thought of the racism and the dumbfounded look of these people, of the audacity for me to ask, because they knew, because where they are, but it's also at the front of the Ibrahim Mosque, which I think is about the fourth most holiest site for Muslims. They can't go in there either. Isa can't go to that particular spot or any of these areas. So again, blatant racism. And so some people said I looked a bit angry. Well, I actually was. I was, uh, you know, really upset that you know these Palestinians can't walk in their own area. Mm-hmm. So it's a, you know, it's a very, very sad state. And also the fact that I actually can go to Palestine, millions of Palestinians can't. I mean, yeah. the fact that they were born there or they have their relatives mm-hmm. there, they can't go. And that saddened me every time I spoke to a Palestinian. But what, what about that the, the 13-year-old um, boy who uh, looked at Isa and said in Hebrew? So he said in Hebrew, uh, one day I'm going to murder you. Mm-mm. One day I'm going to murder you. And, you know, I didn't know what he was saying until a few minutes later. Uh, Miko Peled, who was an Israeli Jew, uh, said it to me. Uh, but the worst thing was that the soldiers high-fived him. Mm-mm. And this kid will be giving a gun three to five years, and I reckon he will murder him because of the venom in the eyes and the protection of the people around Mm -hmm. him. Why wouldn't he? Their entire education system, and I did an interview with Nurit Pellet, their entire education system is designed for them not only to dehumanise the Palestinians but to look down at them as animals, but not only animals, as animals trying to take over their land. And so... Everything to do with Israel is racist. It is a supremacist um, society. And unless the world step in, it's not going to change. So and I got ropeable while I was there. And th- this is why you know, I've had some people say I was aggressive in certain areas. Well, when you see this Mm-mm. and no one's doing anything and you know that Malcolm Turnbull is over there shaking hands Mm-mm. with Netanyahu to do with uh, something that Israel had nothing to do with, weren't even there, and don't mention the Palestinians, I wanted to throw rocks. Yeah. And Turnbull was telling the Australians how wonderful and amazing Israel is in a time that there was another Australian visiting Palestine and who's trying to tell the Australians and the world with very, um, uh, I would say, limited uh, 
uh, attention compared to the mainstream media. Well, and that's the type of, this is the level of imbalance in the representation of the Palestinian problem we have in Australia. And that's why we need more people like you. Well, let, let me just tell you, though, what, what I was doing when uh, Turnbull was there, because I tweeted him. Yes. I was at Ada camp where a 13-year-old boy had been killed 12 I, months ago. Ada refugee camp near uh, Bethlehem. Yep. Uh, I walked up and I spoke to some soldiers who, uh, you know, there's a cemetery, a Muslim cemetery, and it's, you know, it's against uh, religious law for them to walk through there, but they <clears> do it. Just like they go into the Ibrahim Mosque with their boots on. Mm-hmm. Um, I was filming some soldiers. Uh, they wandered around the corner. And they shot at us. Unequivocally, it was an, not, to, not to shoot us, not to kill us, but shot near us. And that's the level that a 16 or an 18 or a 19 or a 20-year-old can do as I'm filming them. They walk off and go around a corner, and then they use an M16 shot, which we hear. Congratulations, Malcolm Turnbull. You're siding with an absolute oppressive regime, and I don't even think it's occupied. I don't think Palestine is occupied. An occupation has an end date. An occupation, the occupier has to actually protect the people, not allowed to move people in and out. It is a colonialistic regime. Hmm. There's no so occupation. What, what, what you're applying, though, Rob, is uh, international law to an ideology that is founded in, 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 in racism. Zionism is just a colonial colonialist it is, project. It, it we, is, we know it, this. And we should actually say, as, as angry as um, Rob is and frustrated by what he saw um, our, our fight is not with <coughs> Jewish people. Hundred percent, Rob's no, never has fa- and never will. Rob, Rob's visit with Miko and Yurit, his sister, was facilitated by um, Jews in Israel, Jews from America. Um, our, our fight is with this evil, evil ideology called Zionism. Well, I mean, I spent time with the Nutra Carter, the head rabbi. Yeah, and that was amazing because he told us how Zionism had hijacked. Judaism. Uh, Judaism, and it's not even close. And so unequivocally, well, uh, nothing to do with the Jews. It's also important to uh, remind the listeners that there was a UN resolutions, there, there was a UN resolution that Zionism is a racist ideology. That was and, stamped. And it was, uh, of course, it, uh, it was revoked for political reasons later. But uh, Zionism in Israel were, uh, was built on a racist ideology and on a supremacist ideology that favors the Jewish population over the indigenous population and the landowners. And that's like, uh, and we're going we're gonna to host uh, Gideon Levy in a few days. That's something that Gideon Levy spoke about. Mm-hmm. And he told, uh, he told us about the three moral walls that the majority of Israelis uh, surround themselves by. One of them is that they really believe that they are superior to us. We should, we should just tell our listeners that tickets are sell, almost sold out for that uh, uh, event at the State Library, uh, Gideon Levy, uh, 30th of November. So if they want tickets to that, they need to go to apan.org.au, apan.org.au. He's fantastic too. Tickets are only $20, so um, there's, I think, less than 50 tickets left, so it's almost it'll sell out before the, the 30th of November. Which is just on what you're saying there, Yusuf, as I, as I walked around to different areas... Uh, I had some a mic on and I was talking to some settlers that had come out of you know from praying in the old city in the Muslim quarters, <laughs> uh, and I said, you know, what do you what do you think of what's going on here? And they looked at me going, what do you mean? What what do you mean? What's going on? I said, well, you know, there's a little bit of unrest between you know Palestinians <laughs> and you guys, and you know, this guy was speaking quite nicely, you know, seemed rather educated, probably you know early twenties. He said, well, I, there's no issue. I there's no Palestinians. Mm. There's no such thing as a Palestinian. 
And then I said, okay, so all of these people that you're scared of and you need all this security protecting don't, you don't from, exist. from somebody you know, that doesn't exist. Uh, I said, have you spoken to the Palestinians? Have you been to the West Bank? He goes, of course, I live in the West Bank. Obviously, he lives in a settlement. Uh, but he has never spoken to a Palestinian, never will. And I, look, I, I did a video where I asked these kids and they said, why would I talk to them? They're, they're animals. They're filthy animals. Why would I talk to them? And this is not just one suburb I spoke in. I went to lots of different suburbs and walked around on buses, on different areas, talking to people. And I got that a lot. Mm. So people can't say that I was just mingling in the wrong circles. I got that a lot. I, I was invited last Saturday uh, uh, to dinner uh, or by um, a host, an Israeli living in Melbourne, who told us about the real uh, issue and the rise of racism in the Israeli community, in the Israeli society, and that even somebody like him, an Israeli person, he feels frightened to be surrounded by all these racist and nationalistic groups and that they take pride in uh, referring to all non-white Jews with bad uh, negativity. Don't think that, uh, I mean, according to him, it's not just the Palestinians, it's the Eastern Jews, it's the African Jews, anyone who is not yeah. white within the society yeah. of Israel. So it is on the rise and you have seen it. And, it, and, it's, and it's really frustrating to see because you see, you see one side with the racism and then you go and you, I'm hanging out with these kids with the biggest smiles in the, you know, that you've ever seen. They're not playing video games, they're playing with each other. And look, I went to a, uh, a place near the Hebron Hills, Beit Umar. <coughs> And had had a feed there, and uh, I think I might have mentioned it. But you know, the the kids, the four kids, were helping make the meal, cutting the vegetables up. Beit Umar, Beit Umar. It's yes, in the I Hebron know. Hills. I know a very good friend of mine who was okay. killed in two thousand and one in the is a martyr, Yusuf Abu Awad. I pay tribute to his soul and to his family. Well, unfortunately, uh, that particular area has a lot of martyrs. Yes, um, Yusuf Abu Awad and his mother. His mother was in Saudi Arabia for the, treat, for the treatment of her other injured son. And while she was trying to look after her son, who was injured during the, first of, the beginning of the Second Intifada, she received the news of the killing of Yusuf Awad in uh, Beit Umar, and she had to go and it's bury horrible. him and come back to see Ali. So, it's horrible. But just so you go from you see the one side, the racist side, and then you go and see the you know the Palestinian side, which are loving. You know you see these kids; they're eighteen to twenty. You know they're hugging each other. They do. I mean they're just a happy, very humour, a lot of humour. I mean you have to deal with oppression through humour. But let's just before we forget, people should go. All seriousness, they actually should go. And whether whether you're an activist or not, go. Go and do some tours. I can give you some links of some brilliant tours that I did because I did tap on to a few tours and then I stayed. So I did the olive picking uh, and spent some time with some lovely families. I, uh, in Hebron, I spent some time in a home uh, for you know, 24 hours living with these people. You know, I had four beautiful kids um, and it's definitely well worth going. Now, a lot of people want to help. The best thing you can do is to go over there, stimulate the economy and come back with stories. I don't expect you to do what I did. I don't expect people to get in the soldiers' faces, but you can take pictures. You can spend time with these people. Or get to know uh, Palestinians. You can, and it's very, they're very, very open. They're very, very welcoming. And come back with your, 
newfound love for a community and start writing letters to the politicians. Talk to your friends. Talk to all of your friends and do it. It is a, it is a beautiful place. Let's not believe all of the propaganda that it's a dangerous place mm-hmm. because it is not a dangerous place. It is not. If you're a white Aussie, if you're not even, you know, you can be any coloured Aussie, but if you're not Palestinian, you're going to be fine over there. And this is, people need to realise this. The only source of danger is Israel. That's true. That's true. But please, people should go. Yeah. Yusuf, I just want to touch on your comment and then finish. I want to speak to Rob about his, uh, he went and saw my barber, that's why his hair looks so good. Um, when, when you spoke about your your, your uh, Israeli friend and the concern he has about you know in Israel, the pra- of yeah. well, and Israel that perhaps he once loved, it's been a fact for decades that Israel has a net emigration per annum. You know, most countries grow. Australia grows by one hundred and fifty, two hundred thousand people a year because of immigration. Mm. Israel has emigration. This is why they're trying to get Israelis from all over the world. Leave Israel. I like it. Negative Aliyah. Yeah. I mean, they, they are, they are out, out there with their birthright programs. Come and discover your, your birthright. This is Israel. How beautiful Israel is. Come home to Israel. But they have a net loss. 5,000 come, mm. six to 10,000 leave mm. every year because they don't want to stay there. No, because it's an ugly place, mm. especially for people who have some morals and ethics and don't want to witness and don't want their children to grow up and carry weapons and to be part well, of... That, that, that's it if you're, if you're a moral person. Yeah? If you have a bit but of then, morality. Then, then if you move down a little bit, if you are Jewish and you'd love to stay there but you're not white yeah. and you're sick of you know having to... Well, I mean, you know, if you're, you're an Arab Jew, you're as much a chance to get bashed as a, uh, an Arab inside Good. Israel. So these guys really go out of their way to make sure they're wearing... Uh, Hebrew uh, t-shirts and t-shirts that signify what brigade they fought in, etc. Um, and, and a very well, they wear a yarmulke so that they clearly identify immediately to a white Jew that they're not Arabs. Mm. Um, but then they want to leave. Let alone the million Russians that came in. But uh, after the uh, 1990s, yeah, when when the, the floodgates opened because of the demographic threat and. Uh, um, I mean, the, the Palestinians, Palestinians of Israel speak better Hebrew than most of them. Well, they don't speak Hebrew. Including Evigdor uh, Lieberman. But in fact, some, they reckon now something of the order of 40% of them had no Jewish in them at all. Mm. I mean, I've got, you know, Christian Palestinian friends in, you know, in the Galilee region. You go, they go, churches they used to attend, they don't attend anymore because the service is in Russian. Yeah. It's no longer in Arabic. <laughs> Churches they that used to attend. Surprise me. You know, doesn't surprise me. So anyway, coming back, we have two ten, minutes ten, left. Well, two minutes. We'll, we'll quickly wrap up with with a, a great story um, uh, of of the barber in near the Damascus. He's Gate. fantastic. He's fantastic. So look, I, I went in there and uh, I was there with Miko getting my hair cut, and Miko said to him, uh, "Rob is partners with NASA." And his whole face changed. Business partner. Business partner, yeah. Not that there's anything wrong with that since we all voted yes. <laughs> no, no, we all voted yes, yeah. Um, and he pointed to a hat and said, NASA gave me this hat. And it was an Akubra hat. And he's the most lovely, lovely man. Remembers you What's and his your name? family. I can't remember. Do you remember his name? <laughs> no, no, I just called him the barber. <laughs> <laughs> but just, um, so go and get a haircut there. 
but I don't want to end on a on a sad note. No, we, we, should, we, we shouldn't say that. I mean, let, let's talk on the positive note. I okay. was there four, four and a half years ago, and he doesn't have much hair, as most Palestinian barbers. <laughs> they end up being barbers, but they end up being sort of balding or balder. He's got long hair coming down here, though. Yeah, but it's not, not, there's not a lot on the top. <laughs> no, 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 no. no. He's, he's holding on to it. He's, he's doing the best he can. Anyway, we were there, and he had his collection of hats. And because, you know, bald dudes wear hats a lot because, yeah. you know, they've got to protect For the obvious top. reasons. For obvious reasons. <laughs> and the three of us aren't follically challenged, so we're not hat wearers. I don't. Um, and I said, oh, you collect hats? He goes, yeah. I said, you know what? I'm going to come back and I'm going to bring you dad's hat. And two years later, I went back and I carried this hat for two months till we got to Palestine. And I walked in and I gave him the hat and he was overwhelmed. I'm sure to, he to, didn't take you seriously when you no, said that. He wouldn't have. No, and, I came and, and I went everywhere and, and my driver insisted to take me to get a haircut. And, and I went, no, no, I've got to go see this other guy. And he goes, my son is a barber. You've got to go there. He was bald. So oh. <laughs> <laughs> he cut my hair. I said, well, I don't, he's cut your hair, but the kid's getting his uh, – he can cut my hair, but my kids are getting their haircuts. So, and my mate, I went there with the hat. He was overwhelmed and so happy. And then I got a, a text message from Robert with his picture – of our barber, our barber now, and dad's hat because it was my wow, father's. Equivalent. That is yeah, amazing. So. I had three haircuts. <laughs> you know what we say? In I really liked it. We say Naiman for the person who just had a haircut, which doesn't translate into English, but uh, that's the Arabic word for having a haircut. Naiman. And the response is Allah yanam alayk. I'll teach you that later. So I think with this, we come to the end of our uh, episode this week. Thank you so much, Robert, for opening us. And uh, also, we will definitely be back uh, to your journey for more stories, for unpacking. I'll more. have a more structured thing where I can actually unpack. We've got some, some interviews that you're, we're going to share as well. But also, I want to encourage our listeners, if somebody wants to send Robert a particular question about things in Palestine, they're welcome to... Uh, or if they need places to visit. Or places or anything about, you know, what it means for an Australian to be in Palestine. I mean, um, they, can, they can send us these questions. Yep, absolutely, and, um, We'll uh, make sure that Robert uh, comes back with answers. So... Uh, Final uh, messages, uh, Nasser? Make sure you come along tomorrow to the Run for Palestine at Tom's Block uh, at the Tan Royal Botanical Gardens. I'm looking forward to that. And until we meet next Saturday, this is Nasser, Robert and Yusuf wishing you the best of time and salam. Bye-bye.